This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, and welcome back to On the Daily, a fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. I'm joined, as always, by my two dashing young co hosts. Uh, first, we have Matt Lamarca of the Action Network. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how are we doing? Going pretty good. Um, other three man win. I believe that makes two in a row. Good. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, a storming comeback from Lamarca. And uh, the man who must be shaking in his boots, uh, future father of the year, host of Bogey Free DFS, which, you know, we got PGA starting next week, so it should be a good time. Uh, Matt Jones, you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Jonesy, how are we living? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be uh, back in the basement, breathing my ass off and talking to <laughs> I, we don't have heat down there. Just uh, explain to me the basement. Uh, no, it's like if you if I turned around the computer right now, you would be wow. This is all for show behind. This is a real bad thing. Like uh, like the opening scene of Saw. Wow, that's dark. It's even that's even worse than I expected. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into today's show, so I remind you guys, you can get a thirty percent discount to Road of His Pass. Through the podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. Do not be afraid about the NFL season ending. Uh, no real NFL offseason on Rotoviz. We'll be breaking down a bunch of draft stuff at, in the upcoming months. So you get that pass now, covers you through the draft for sure, and you get it for 30% off. Uh, so it seems like a great deal to me. Uh, I would certainly be looking to invest in that. And really, anytime you're going to resub, maybe your subscription ends in January or February, do it through the podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. Now, before we talk about Week 17, we have to talk about some Week 16 results. Uh, we will start, as we often do, with the Listener League. Um, very, very high-scoring week overall. Uh, Listener League was no different. Yeah, I mean, for some people, yeah. Uh, I mean, I admittedly basically took the slate off, so uh, we'll talk about that. But... Our listener league was was taken down not by me, not by you, Jones, not by Lamarca, but by uh, Mr. CNDR1282, who who threw up 214.24 DK points, really strong. Uh, basically did it with a cash lineup. I mean, uh, had the Foles 
Ertz stack, but I thought that that was a cashable stack. I mean, this is really a cash lineup with Matt Breida in flex. And Breida, obviously, is not the reason this team did well. Foles, Zeke, Eli McGuire, Robbie Anderson, Michael Thomas, Bob Woods, Ertz, and then Breida Saints. So, uh, goes to show just how explosive last week's week slate was. I mean, you really needed a huge, huge score to uh, cash and I'm sure not just double ups, but also GBPs. So, uh, congrats to Mr. CNDR. Um, no man sighting in the top five this week. Yeah, Lamarca, you finished 11th this week. The man's 49. I mean, this is this is a loaded bottom of the standings, though. Me, 47th, Jones's dad, 48th, and the man's 49th. <laughs> right, did not set a lineup. That's pretty great. Just studs on studs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, crazy week. I saw, like, some of the scores, like, for the million stuff last week. Like, just insane. But that's my, you know... That's my kind of slate, man. It's fun when there's a lot of stuff going down. Uh, in the three-man, the marker already alluded to this. He took it down, scored 168.74. Uh, I really just completely waxed myself and Jones. Uh, obviously, uh, if you guys looked at my team, you would see that I uh, literally just created my best ball championship team and made a DFS lineup out of it, uh, trying to go with the solo with a one sweat on Sunday. did not work out literally at all. Um, but I was okay with it. I was okay with the decision. Jones, I think this might be the first time you finished second in the three man all year. <laughs> the streak is over. Um, but now we have some interesting, I mean, we're going to talk a lot about week 17 playoff potential. I mean, a week 17, uh, narrative that we have on the show is, is between you two, because I obviously have this thing clinched at eight and a half wins. But Jonesy, four and a half, and Lamarca at four. I mean, this is it. This is it, guys. Like, I I may just not submit a lineup and just let you guys go at this head-to-head. This is uh, this is a big deal. Wow. Uh, all right. Now, we have a little bit of word in the chat saying that we're struggling to hear the mats. Um, I don't know if that's, I, you guys sound fine to me, so I don't know if that's maybe a user volume, but Jarhead, maybe, yeah, maybe turn up your volume a little bit. Um, usually if they sound okay to me, it sounds good on the audio, so, uh, just keep me posted on that in case anything, uh, continues to be cruddy. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how this goes down. I'm hoping that, uh, this comes down to like the last, last play of the last game or something, you know, a little, uh, little three-man sweat. All right, let's move on to week 17. We have a ton of stuff to talk about, a lot of narratives in play. If you're a narrative street person, which I know I am, uh, this is a good week. But I think ultimately the most important thing to remember is that week 17, we're going to have a lot of a lot of guys sitting out, a lot of guys potentially seeing their snaps reduced uh, because teams are either not in the playoffs or have a playoff spot completely locked in. So please make sure you keep that in mind. It's really important this week, maybe more than any other week, that you follow the news. We're going to start with quarterbacks. And we have two quarterbacks at 7K or above this week, Ben Roethlisberger and Patty Mahomes. 
Uh, both are projected to be pretty popular, which has been rare for the expensive quarterbacks to be popular. But uh, there's so many team situations changed with the playoffs and stuff. Uh, I think it's likely that people are just flocking to the elite quarterbacks because they're still playing for something or who are still playing for something. Uh, so, Jones, who do you prefer here between uh, the GOAT, Patty Mahomes, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger? If it was, like, besides maybe, like, three other quarterbacks, like, I might just go, like, 80%, which I never did. Um, I just think it's, it's a really great spot, obviously. Oakland, they're, they need to win, um, like, you mean. So, I feel like it's, uh, it's a game where even if they just, like, blow the doors off Oakland, he's still going to get his and, and play most of the game. So, I'm going back. Well, Marco? Yeah, I mean, I think he's certainly an obvious choice of quarterback this week. Um, the salary is interesting, like 7100 is about as expensive as he's been for a quarterback all season. Um, you know, I've gotten just so accustomed to paying, you know, 65, 5500 for a quarterback that I'm not sure asking, but certainly he is like the nut option. I wouldn't recommend definitely get the money. Yeah, I mean, you have to have Mahomes this week. Uh, I think that the, Floor in his game is uh, pretty high, obviously. I would say that the ceiling is the highest on the slate as well. So, I don't know. For me, I feel like there's really no way I can completely avoid him. I don't think there's any chance that that I would do that. And I think that if I'm looking at like just the top quarterbacks, um, it's really important to me that I get some Mahomes. I mean, I, I want Mahomes in cash if I can. And uh, if not, definitely a high-value tournament option. Uh, now, some other normal starting quarterbacks that are still playing for something this week. We have Deshaun Watson at 6,600. Uh, Phil Rivers, 6,400. Jared Goff, 6,200. Uh, Tom Brady, 6K. Foles, 5,900. Trubisky, 5,700. Lamar Jackson, 5,600. And Kirk Cousins, 5,500. Uh, LaMarco, who's your favorite of this group? This is the... Uh, reasonable pr- plays who have something to play for still. Reasonable plays who have something to play uh, I'm going to kick it back to Gil. Because I'll be honest, I wasn't paying entirely attention. So I need to look up all those quarterbacks you just mentioned. All right, perfect. <laughs> Go ahead. Also, uh, by the way, Jones, before you get started, I did fix the audio issue. I see what you guys are talking about. For some reason, my desktop audio wasn't coming in that clear. So it should be better now. And if it's not, just uh, let me know. Go ahead, Jones. Yeah, I just jumped into the Twitch to see if it was it, it started working. Now I was just gonna say that. So perfect. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Watson. I just feel like he in the in seven of his last eight games, he's completed seventy percent of his passes. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in five of those games. Like he's he's been playing well. I'm not at all concerned about Jacksonville. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna I, I'm. If I can't figure out a way to find the extra 500 bucks, like I would be playing Watson in cash, but I think I'm going to play Mahomes in cash. Lamarca, have you had, have you researched the question now? <laughs> I've, had, I've had a little time to digest this. Um, my answer is that I, I think like the whole QB with something to play for angle might be like a little uh, overvalued this week. Like, you know, just because Matt Ryan doesn't have anything to play for, quote unquote, like, is he not in the same tier as all these guys? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe that's just me in my head. Um, but to answer your question, 
Anthony, I too will be going with Deshaun Watson of this group. All right. Well, I'm going to go off the beaten path here just to differentiate. Uh, I really like Jared Goff. Uh, has completely crushed at home this year. I can't believe I'm making this argument instead of you, Jones. I mean, this is this is a brand play for you. But but this is like uh, don't do that to me. Goff, I'm sorry, Jared. Goff's low passing yards this year at home is 295 yards. Like that's the least that's amount of good. passing yards he has at home this year. Um, you definitely beat the Niners through the air more than you do on the ground, and uh, Rams obviously have to win this one. I think the Rams just need to like continue to get their balls back after like that really rough stretch. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Goff, and if I'm looking towards the cheaper end, I think I'm taking Lamar as always because he is, of course, a fantasy goat. Uh, the rushing, obviously, just huge. So tasty. Yeah, those are my two. Uh, but I do want to ask you guys about the guys who don't have anything to play for. So these are quarterbacks that I chose without something to play for, but as of now are likely starting and playing the whole game and uh, also don't suck. So this is Matt Ryan, 6,300, Aaron Rodgers, 6,300, Russ Wilson, 6,100, and Josh Allen, 6K. Uh, all the other quarterbacks, I think, are either maybe not going to play the whole game. Like Jameis, Jameis Winston, it sounds like, may lose some snaps to Ryan Griffin at some point. Uh, and Jesus, then all, yeah, why? That's, the coaches, it sounds like the coaches want him to play. Um, I mean, Dirk Cutter is just on the way out. So he's just taking the whole yeah, thing with him. Just <laughs> one of the dumbest people in the world. Uh, so those are the four that I've chosen. Who's your favorite play here? And do you like any of these guys better than the quarterbacks we previously mentioned? So Matt, this is right in the wheelhouse of what you said yes. previously. Honestly, I love these this whole collection of guys. I think you can make strong points for all of them. And I don't see any reason why you should avoid them just because their team isn't in playoff contention. Like I made this case last week. These are still professional football players. Like they're going to be out there. They're going to be playing like Matt Ryan hasn't had anything to play for since week 12, basically like, and that hasn't stopped him from putting up big numbers. He's got a great matchup against Tampa Bay. So I like him. Rogers is clearly still playing hard. I like him quite a bit. Uh, Josh Allen, too. Like, he ran for over 100 yards the last time he played Miami. Buffalo put up over 400 yards against the Dolphins. Like, I think he's a great play at 6K. Jones, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I I would say that my favorite is Rodgers. Um, I just think he's probably the safest from, like, both potential to reach his ceiling and like just having a solid floor out of these particular quarterbacks. So if I am dipping down or dipping away from the guys who like have something to play for, then he would be my, he would be my target for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going to go with Rogers again. This is like the most I've played Rogers in my whole career. We've been in 2018. Um, but yeah, just a really good spot. Like, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that everyone's off, I'm back on. No, I, uh, I mean, just went completely nuts last week. The Jets have just shown, or the Packers, I'm sorry, have just shown zero desire to rest him. You know that Rodgers is probably angling to, to play and, and to play really well. Uh, Devontae Adams still not practicing, which I'm a little worried about, but he uh, is very close to Packer all-time single-season receiving record. And I feel like that means he will play on one leg if necessary. So I'm not concerned yet. 
Randall Cobb cleared the concussion protocol, so the weapons could be pretty good this week, along with uh, our adopted son, Jake Kumaro. So very excited about the cupboard there. Uh, Lions dead last and past DVOA. I feel like these teams almost always shoot out, so uh, very excited. This is one of the rare uh, games this week where betting is, is still aggressively on the over. So I uh, really like Rodgers this week. For sure. But like Matt said, I think you can make a, a good argument for a bunch of these guys. Uh, any interest in the backups, Jones? Kyle Allen, no. Teddy Bridgewater, no. Blake Bortles? No. 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 Like, I I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe like get a little cute and go with Teddy. But like for, for $300, like just play Lamar Jackson. Hey, right. Teddy Bridgewater is 5300 Right. It's That's crazy. Like, I, I have no... I have no interest in that, and like, no, I'm not playing Kyle Allen. Like, no thanks. Yeah, I, mean, I will a- say the fact that some people played Heineke last week, like sharp people at 4K, like has me considering that a little bit. Like, getting a, a stone minimum quarterback play, I guess, can be appealing, especially on a slate like this where there's a big discrepancy in pricing between the top guys and Allen. So. I'm going to consider him in tournaments, but like Bridgewater, we don't even know if he's starting yet. I don't think like, yeah, there's playing him at 5,300 is crazy. In my opinion, I, um, I think that this slate is also way different than last week. Like we're going to have a lot of value at the skill positions once like the final injury reports and, uh, act inactives come out on Sunday. Like, I don't think that you need, like last week I felt like you maybe needed a Heineke or a Foles to get in the good players, especially in like a cash setting. This week, I don't feel that way. I mean, we're going to talk about running back in a second. Like there, there aren't any, like there's no, like there's no guys <laughs> to pay up for. So I, I just don't think that it's necessary. Um, you know, and we'll see. I mean, I, I think if you're going to go that low, it makes sense to just play Bortles because yeah. he has experience and he's 4,400. Like we, we kind of know what he is at least uh, versus like these other guys like Allen. I do hope that Teddy has a good game though. I'm Team Teddy. Sure. I like Teddy, too. I'd have considered him at 4K. (laughs) Yeah. If he was, like, if he was 4,700 or something, or, like, 4,400, like, Blake, then, of course, like, that, I think that would be a pretty easy decision to make. I just feel like 5,300 is, he's the same price as Baker. Like, no. Baker Goat? Yeah. Like, no. Stop it. We're not playing Teddy Bridgewater. Stop this nonsense. All right. Fair. Uh, let's, move, <laughs> let's move on to running back. Uh, very Hold strange. On. Week. I want I want to throw one tournament quarterback out there. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no. go ahead. I uh, I think we'll have some Mitchell Trubisky this week. Okay. At fifty seven hundred, I don't think anybody's going to play him. Um, and he may get benched at some point during the game, but like I think there's a better than non zero chance that he just plays the full game at this point. Um, and getting Trubisky at 5,700, who has legit shown like a 35 point ceiling this season, plus like getting him at 2% or less at 5,700, I think is super appealing. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. Uh, worth noting that Alan Robinson hasn't practiced at all this week. Uh, not sure what, how much that would matter for you, Matt. I'm not even really sure how much it would matter for me. Uh, Trubisky has so much to offer on the ground that, uh, right. that upside's probably there anyway. Um, but just like just something to keep in mind. Jones, anyone you wanted to talk about, or are you good to go to RB? 
No, that's it. Let's right. let's talk some running backs. I'm eating Arby's. So, running back, very <laughs> odd this week. Zeke Elliott, likely not going to play the entire game if he plays at all. Uh, Dallas, like two years ago, did this. He didn't play at all. Uh, I was likely a week early on the Christian McCaffrey thing. <laughs> Riverboat has mentioned now twice, I saw another tweet today about it, that he has some plans for players like Keekly and McCaffrey uh, for Week 17. A uh, couple reports are already circulating about Carolina wanting to limit McCaffrey's 2019 workload. So it does sound like a reduction is in line for him. And uh, Kamara is probably not going to play much, if at all. Saints have the number one seed in the NFC completely locked up. So uh, with those three guys off the board, our top running backs that are available and that are playable, likely uh, Melvin Gordon, 8,400, Saquon, 8,200, and James Conner, who resumed full practice yesterday at 7,500. Jones, who do you like the most of this trio? And do you think it's necessary to play any of these guys this week? Um, no, it's probably not necessary. I, I feel like there's, there's some obvious risk. Um, I guess with, with Melvin Gordon. Uh, but I feel like I kind of like him the best just because he's going to have the lowest, um, you know, lower ownership than Barkley. And he's in like arguably, as good of a spot, you know, being a favorite. I know he's on the road, but still, I feel like he's he's probably where I'm like kind of leaning for tournaments. But I don't really feel I don't really feel like it's necessary to do that. So like, I'll probably have a little bit, a little sprinkle here and there, but not like I'm not going all in on any of these like worth playing expensive guys. Lamarca, I'm gonna want to have an anchor in most of my lineups. Like, I just think that. If one of those top guys goes off, their ceiling is pretty much unmatchable at the running back position. Like if Gordon has a ceiling game or if Barkley has a ceiling game, like you're not going to be able to get that from the cheaper running backs just because the work that they do in the ground game, in the pass game, like it's hard to duplicate. You know, a wide receiver, any receiver can go for a hundred yards and a touchdown at any given week, but very few running backs can do what these top guys do. So. Uh, I'm still going to have interest in Gordon and Barkley. I would say that Barkley's probably my favorite. Like, I think the Giants um, have really shown no inclination that they want to reduce his workload as the season goes on. So, uh, you know, he's down to 8,200. That's, I think, a very fair price for him. He hasn't been great the last couple of weeks, but uh, I do think that he can do some damage. And And like Jones said, if Gordon is going to be lower owned in tournaments, that's uh, something I'm very interested in too. Yeah, there's an obvious game script advantage for Barkley if Dallas is really going to sit all these guys. And we don't usually see that for Saquon. Um, so I think that makes his situation really appealing. I, I agree. He's my favorite. I'm also going to look really long and hard at Connor because if they play him this week against Cincy, like the Bengals have been one of the worst run defenses in football very consistently. Connor, we've already seen, has the elite ceiling, particularly when he can score multiple touchdowns, which this spot would allow for. Uh, your only concern has to be how much work Jalen Samuels gets, but I would imagine most of that would be in the receiving game. And if you look at pretty much every game for the Steelers for the last, I don't know, however many years Mike Tomlin's been there, they really only feature one guy. Like I know Ridley stole a couple of short yardage carries over the last couple of weeks. 
but he has been drastically outsnapped by Samuels, and both of those guys weren't even seeing the field at all, really, when Connor was healthy. So I think that if Connor's back in the fold and they're ready to go, uh, he could have a very high ceiling and be fairly low owned uh, relative to what he should be. I mean, if he's less than 15% and he fully practices for three days and then plays, I think that that's likely too low. I agree with that 100%. Like, I think Connor is very interesting for tournaments and he's going to have low ownership. Um, I I worry about Samuels a little more than you do. I get the, the Mike Tomlin thing, but like he's been too good, I think, to just relegate him be- to being like a two-touch-a-game type of guy going forward. I don't know. A and I think people said that about D'Angelo Williams all those times that Le'Veon Bell was out and then went right back to doing nothing. That's the only reason why I feel like this is a real thing, is that guys have done yeah, well Yeah, but like the, the talent gap between Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams is humongous. Do you, would you be surprised if Jalen Samuels is a better football player than James Conner? Uh, no. I mean, I like both guys, but I, I think that, like, I feel like there is, like, an evaluatory thing here for them, too, like, if they want to make a move. I don't know. I, I just feel like, I feel like everything that we know about Mike Tomlin says that Connor is going to see, like, most of the work. Like, okay, so if, if Samuels is going to take work, it's probably just going to be as a receiver, and I think that Connor would still get a few targets, and still has all the touchdown upside. So I don't think it matters a ton for him. I also I'm think not, this is... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jones. No, I was just going to say, I just I also feel like this is a unique situation. Like, we say this about Tomlin, but, like, he... When Bell has been out, like, Bell's out. Like, he's not choosing between option B and option C when Le'Veon Bell goes out and there's only D'Angelo Williams or there's only James Conner in town. I don't know. I just, I feel like there could be, it, it's reasonable to think that there could be a little bit more of a split than we're used to, depending on how healthy Connor actually is and how confident they are in him being able to handle his whole workload. I agree but with I you 100%, Jones. Like, ju- judging his past performance on what he's done, on what Tomlin has done with Le'Veon Bell, like, Le'Veon Bell is not James Connor. I know Connor has been great this year. Samuels has been just as good. Like, I, I, I'm i just saying, I don't think we can definitively say that Connor is Le'Veon Bell or Connor is even Jalen Samuels. So, like, I, I, it wouldn't shock me if this was more of a split than what history has dictated with Pittsburgh. Right. And that's why he's going to have discount. low ownership. Right. right. And it might just be enough to lower their ceiling, but they still have, like, a reasonable, like, medium projection. Right. Like it might just be that they sort of cannibalize each other's ceiling and it doesn't really necessarily affect like them having a decent game. But maybe they just can't they can't reach any, you know, like they're not going to have a 25 point game because of it. Just my thought. (laughs) All right. Now, the 6K range is really flush with options. Uh, We have Joe Mixon at 6700, Carson 6500, Chubb 64, Cook 63. Jamal Williams, 6K, DJ, 5,700. So lots of guys here. Uh, LaMarco, who's your favorite of this group? Uh, I do think that this is a group that people are going to be thinking about a lot this week. Yeah, I I don't know how you don't plug in Chris Carson at 6,500. Like, you have a team that absolutely loves to run the football, who's a 13.5-point favorite playing at home. Like, 
This game script calls for 25 plus carries for Chris Connor. I mean, he had 27, 22, and 22 his last three weeks. Uh, I don't see any way that he gets less than 22 in this game. Um, unless Arizona signs Kurt Warner out of retirement and, you know, dips him in the fountain of youth beforehand. So I think Carson is a lock for 20 plus carries, probably closer to 25. Uh, obviously two touchdown upside. Like if he finds the end zone twice and gives you a hundred yards, 6,500 is a bargain. Uh, Jones, what are your thoughts? Wow. You don't think that Rosen can put together his like classic 11 for 24 and 98 passing yards <laughs> kind of game this week? No, that's no. kind of what I'm banking on. <laughs> He's so he has the best stat lines, I think probably in the NFL. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think Carson is a pretty obvious play. I'm actually kind of surprised that, uh, his ownership isn't projecting to be higher. To be honest, like, I feel like that's, this is just an obvious, like, he's, he plays for the Seahawks and they're just going to run into a wall no matter what happens. And now they're actually going to play a shitty team. So, like, why, why not? Um, I also think I'm going to go, like, full defense doesn't matter and just go with Nick Chubb, too. Yep. Agreed. Love Chubb. That's a brand guy for you. I mean, he's I know, great. That's great. He's really good. <laughs> he's like averaging, I think, over 20 touches over the last five games. Like he's just been he's been great and they're using him. And that game is going to be like, it's just going to be runs. Three. Like there's there's <laughs> like there's nothing. <laughs> there's going to be like 15 passes between the two teams, probably like it's going to be hysterical to watch <laughs> be like a time machine. Well, I'll tell you why people aren't more on Chris Carson. It's because Jamal Williams is the correct play in this range. Um, has just completely dominated the work with Aaron Jones out, which I think we all kind of expected. And that includes in the receiving game, 14 targets the last two weeks. Obviously, the touchdown equity playing with Rodgers is always good. Has a rushing touchdown in both games that Jones has missed. So I feel like Williams is obviously cheaper than Carson, but I, I just like the, his overall situation a little bit better. Just because I think that with Carson, there is at least some chance that since Seattle is kind of locked into the playoffs and yeah, I get they can change five or six, but like it's possible that like we see a little more Mike Davis. It's possible that Rashad Penny is active and we see a little bit of him. So that's, I, I just think that there's enough questions with Carson that I would prefer Williams, who for me has no questions this week. I love how you just like invent situations you know like last week McCaffrey this week Carson's gonna have limited touches unless I hear it from a coach I don't believe it I'm not saying that he's going to have limited touches I'm just saying that he could and I don't (laughs) think that that could happen for Jamal Williams all right well Aaron Rodgers could play running back for the Packers (laughs) I just don't think it's gonna happen oh my gosh (laughs) I mean you're not you're not Rashad Penny being out is a big deal like that has been a big deal for him because Penny was getting some work when he was active. Carson's just a man among boys. Well, listen, like if you want to get we 65 can... <laughs> empty yards, Chris Carson's your guy. I'll take the over on Chris Carson points versus Jamal Williams. By the way, I don't think Williams is a bad play by right. any stretch. No, yeah. I mean, I, I do think feel, right. I do think that his work in the passing game is valuable. I just think it's a pure smash spot for Carson. Yeah, I mean, Carson has played like roughly 50% of the snaps each of the last like three weeks. That's like my, that's my concern, really. As long as when he's on the field, he continues to get the carries. That's all I care about. All right. 
Um, I just I'm concerned about Williams ownership. Like I feel like that's just like such an easy like tournament fade. For oh me. sure, in tournaments I think it's totally reasonable. I think yeah. that I think that if I'm putting together like what I think is the optimal lineup, I, I'm playing Williams. Though. Gotcha. I have no disagreement about about that that in tournaments though. All right, I accept your apology. <laughs> Not an apology. Fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right. Let's assume Todd Gurley does not play this week. Still hasn't practiced. Uh, Sean McVay has told us that we will know before Sunday. Thank you, Sean. C.J. Anderson at 5,400 or Elijah McGuire at 5,300. Both guys were really good last week. We'll start with you, Jones. You mean generational talent, C.J. Anderson? Huh. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is... I don't know. I don't, I don't really like, obviously don't want to play. Um, I just don't want to play Elijah McGuire in this spot. So I think that if Gurley's out, then I would prefer CJ Anderson, but I think it's either, I think I'm going a little bit higher or like dipping down to the guys we'll talk about in a minute um, over playing uh, in Elijah McGuire in like a, what, two touchdown underdog spot. LaMarca, any Jets fandom here? Um, I think I am going to side with Maguire. Like, my big concern with Anderson is that we saw him with the ones last week exclusively. And there is a situation where he's getting carries from whoever the backup quarterback is for the Rams this week. I don't even know who it is. Man. Sure. So there's a chance he's getting carries from him. And if that's the case, I don't know how much upside he has. Like, I am a legit CJ Anderson truther. I, I think he's good. Uh, I know that there are a few of us left at this point, but we are vocal. So I, if you, if you guaranteed to me that CJ Anderson was going to play behind Jared Goff the entire game, I would say it's him easy. But because you can't do that, I think McGuire, like I know what his situation is going to be. And the game script doesn't particularly scare me because I know that he's active in the passing game. So I think he can, you know, make up for whatever sort of situation they're in by catching passes or God forbid they do get a lead. He can, you know, run the ball as well. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm still siding with Anderson. I'm really just more curious to see what happens if we find out like well before Locke what the deal is. Like if we find out overnight Sunday, I'm always skeptical as to like how many people actually see that before lock happens. But if we find out like Friday or Saturday, like midday, that uh, Gurley's not going to play, I am curious to see what the ownership looks like there. Because right now, I'm sure that McGuire is set to be higher owned because we don't know. But once we know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what happens. I mean, I, I think that Anderson is in a good spot. You know that I'm team you pass against the Niners, but uh, you know, obviously, big favorites against. Anyone in the Rams offense at running back, you got to think it's a good play. So yeah. I, uh, I probably lean Anderson, but I think the real answer for me is I just want to think about the ownership more. I think you're undervaluing, um, the people's ability to react to Sunday morning news. I, I would bet that as long as Gurley is inactive, Anderson has higher ownership, regardless of what time it happens. Well, it's a 4 p.m. game. So if we don't find out, like, you know, I get all right. I guess that's yeah. true. If we don't know prior right. to one, right? But as long as we know prior to one, like uh, McVeigh has said that we will. True. And Let Anderson's know, the guy. 
he's going to be higher owned. Yeah, ultimate coming off troll of spot. his game last week. Ultimate troll spot for him right now, by the way, is like eleven fifty nine p.m. We get the we get the alert that uh, <laughs> Todd Gurley will not play or will play. Um, all right, value options this week. Very interesting in the value tier to me. Royce Freeman thirty five hundred without Philip Lindsay. Peyton Barber thirty six hundred. Usually not someone I consider, but Atlanta is a really good matchup for running backs. Uh, Brian Hill looked really good last week. Uh, went over 100 yards on just eight carries. 3,900 should Kevin Coleman sit. He still hasn't practiced this week. Uh, Jones, preference here on the value guys. Oh, God. It's like, like, do I, I can't believe, like, I, I want, I might want to play Peyton Barber. Like, mm-hmm. he's, it's just frustrating. Like, he's done, he's just gets so much work and just does so little with it. Like, <laughs> it's a great argument. It, seriously, like, <laughs> It's like, it's so ridiculous. Like, I'm looking right now, last six games total, he's had over 100 carries and 12 targets. And he's like, just eight points. Seven, ooh, a big 17 spot on the Ravens. And then like five points, nine points. Like, he's just so bad. It sucks. Like, it's such a valuable role in theory. And he just does absolutely nothing. Um, but I'll probably fall into that trap again because um, <laughs> I'm just a fish. Uh, Most I do, I do definitely your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Just it's much more important for me to just continue to bang my head against the wall, you know. Um, probably Drake. Like I just, I feel like he just has a ceiling. Like he's more explosive. Like I just, I feel better clicking on him than like. Peyton Barber. So, welcome. Yes, it's. I guess it's him, but I, I don't really feel like excellent about it. Welcome to the Kenyon Drake fan club. Yeah, Lamarca, what are your uh, thoughts on this tier? I like them all. <laughs> uh, the answer is I'm not playing Royce Freeman because I think he's going to be the chalk of this group, and he hasn't shown me anything that convinces me that he's a good football player at this point. Plus, like Denver appears to be waving the white flag pretty heavily. Uh, I think we're getting zero effort out of Denver this week. So, like, Royce to me is a no-go. If I'm playing one in cash, it is probably Peyton Barber. But I I think Kenyon Drake is appealing. Uh, I I really like Brian Hill, but I want Tevin Coleman to actually suit up. Like, we've seen all season that the Falcons have basically played a committee backfield all season. So, like, I don't think Hill's role would change much one way or the other if Coleman is in or out, but I do think he would have lower ownership in that case. So, if Coleman's in, Hill becomes really interesting for me. Um, and I think if you want to get, you know, a little tricky, maybe a little Rod Smith for the Cowboys, anybody? Sure. He's priced up a little bit more. I think he's like 4500 this week. He's 55. He's 5500 uh, All right, DK. 5500 Nice flex. Yeah. All right, never mind. <laughs> um, I know. I was thinking that too until I saw the price. I was like, no thanks. <laughs> oh, and always Kenyon Drake. <laughs> oh, I mean, I obviously really like Royce Freeman. I'm a Royce Freeman truther. Um, I just want him to get Have more Have you catches. watched any football for the first 16 weeks? Well, they've been just running him into these like eight man boxes all year. I feel like if Lindsay's out, he could get some of the good touches now too. Interesting. So Freeman <laughs> gets the eight man boxes and and Lindsay gets all the good ones. Yeah, 
I mean, that's what the that's what the data guys have, have said. They've shown the numbers. Lindsay's Interesting. Getting, yeah, I don't know why, but uh, that's pretty much what's happened this year. Freeman's run like the highest percentage of his carries against eight man boxes out of like any running back. Um, so I'm very curious to see kind of what happens with him. Uh, I just want them to let him catch the ball. I don't want uh, Devontae Booker to be too involved, but we'll find out, I guess, a little more as the week goes on. I like the price, uh, but we'll see. I think you definitely want to have the receiving back in that backfield because I, I don't think that Denver's going to win. So, um, yeah, and I love Brian Hill, obviously. I do think that if Coleman is out, I'm not positive that Jeremy Langford gets as much work as like the traditional number two in an Atlanta situation just because he's been there for like a week and a half. But you never know. You never know. Uh, I do. I mean, I've, at least I've heard of him. Right. I've literally never heard of Brian Hill going um, into last week. Brian Hill was a road of his crush like two years ago. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> really prolific producer in college. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right about if Coleman's active, he still gets some work. Now we have a, a question in the chat from Ferg, eighty-eight nineteen. He wants to Is know that Ferg <laughs> wants to know what about Damien. I assume he means Damian Williams, uh, and I will start on this by just saying that Spencer Ware is practicing in full, so yeah. I have no idea what kind of workload Damian Williams is going to get, and he's and he's over six k. So that is my take. I don't know if yeah, if, you guys if, have a- if Ware was out, then obviously Williams is uh, like just a lock button, but no, not with not with Ware there. I like him more than you guys do. Uh, I think Damian, uh, Damian Williams is significantly better than Spencer Ware. I think Spencer Ware sucks, to be honest. Wow. So it wouldn't shock me if Williams still is the lead back here in a elite game script. Um, I'd like his ownership to be low, which I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but, right. uh, I think Williams is, is definitely like an upside play at 6,100 for sure. Right. You'd think if one of the KC backs would be low-owned, it would be Ware, just because he hasn't played. Right. But you never know. You never know what some of these, like the ownership changes, I think, so much between like now and Sunday with some of the injury reports that, uh, yeah. Right. It, I like that he's only, only $100 more than Jamal Williams, who's going to be like the mega chalk. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, before we get to receiver, uh, I just want to thank Cinnabon for the follow. Hope you like the show, man. Or or woman. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. What Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Traffic like, have we done the research on that? I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's 99.9% men. <laughs> all right, well, make sure you guys all get into the Listener League. Uh, you know I'm going to post it. With the the YouTube uh, the YouTube description, you know that we're gonna tweet it out. I, we haven't even had to tweet it out actually. You guys have been filling it. We moved to a fifty minute field last week, and uh, I did not sweat for one second that we were gonna fill that thing. Like it was it was a lot. Oh, I did. This I think you're overselling this right no. now. Please make sure you fill it. <laughs> no, we're gonna fill it, Jones. I, the, the listeners. It, there love was us. like there was one. We still needed one person at like twelve thirty. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
Yeah, I honestly didn't person, pay any attention this week. One person with a so half hour is not a sweat. We had like yes, it is. That was Saturday. what happened when it didn't fill for forty. <laughs> this is a new era, Jones. We have a brand now. All right, just get just in, there. in time for bucks. the end of the season. Yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> Come take our money to end the season. Uh, now yeah. at receiver, the elite range of guys a little more plentiful than at running back. Guys that we can be sure are playing fully. Uh, Antonio Brown, eighty-seven hundred. Tyreek Hill, 8,400. Juju, 8,300. Uh, Nuke Hopkins, 8,100. I guess I have to hesitate to put Adams in this group now since he hasn't practiced. But I, I don't think that if he's healthy, there's any risk of him like being benched. He's 8K. He's playing. That, I think so, too. And Keenan Allen, 7,900. So, LaMarco, who do you like the most here? And are you looking to spend up a little bit at receiver since we have uh, you know, a decent amount of running back value? Definitely a week where you can pay up at receiver. Um, Devontae Adams, obviously narrative street, like, you know, he needs 140 yards to set the Packers all time receiving record for a season. And, you know, given that the Packers have nothing else to play for, like, I do think that they'll go after that a bit. Um, I kind of like Antonio Brown. I feel like Matt Friedman has brought his career back to life. (laughs) (laughs) Like his trolling of Antonio Brown has just been like Antonio Brown's like, okay, I'll show this clown, you know, with his eight doctor's degrees and, you know, writing from his keyboard. Like, I'm just going to go out and ball every week. So I'm fading Matt F. The Oracle with an Antonio Brown play. Damn, shots wow. fired. Unbelievable. Jones, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's, it's Devontae Adams. Like all day, every lineup. He hasn't been below 16 DraftKings points all year. He's let's play a game. He's played six games Devante since Adams. November since <laughs> November fifteenth. Guess how many targets he's had in the last six games? Uh, is it greater than sixty? Yes. Is it sixty? I was gonna say seventy-five. Yeah, it's exactly seventy-five. Wow, I'm so smart. You'd be good at those uh, carnival games, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a skill that I have. It's just coming up with random numbers. <laughs> Well, yeah, so 75 targets, if you're not like a big numbers person, is pretty good in six games. So you should probably just, I like, he's going to be super owned, but just, I'm just eating all of that chalk. This is like my, like, Tony Finau type play where I just don't care about the ownership and I just lock button and move on. I agree with you, which is like hard for me to say because you guys know that I'm like a Devontae Adams hater. So. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. so good. Yeah, I mean, I th- well, well, easy on that. But I, I think that so good. The, for fantasy, he's been really good. And this is like a... This, this is, is a fantasy Kobe, show, right? This is a Kobe spot. This is a Kobe spot. Like, there's nothing else to play for. Rodgers clearly loves Devontae. There's no, there's no other way, right? So as long yeah. as we figure out... But the, the weird thing is that they're not practicing. Like, everything's been undisclosed. There's no, like, official injury. So that makes me feel like he's just resting. <laughs> resting yeah. for the big day he's um, exhausted from the like 1400 yards he's accumulated already this year right well i don't think he has that many does he it's 1386 yeah, sorry so, i rounded up yeah. get it right <laughs> i think i think it's like yeah i knew it i knew he'd 1400 well because i was looking right. up uh the, i'll see you guys later <laughs> uh, also by the way you know i love tyreek hill in this spot because Oakland, of course, very very bad. 
Um, and I think this is a week where with all the value, you can very reasonably stack like the best guys in the Chiefs. Like you can stack Mahomes, Kelsey and Tyreek and still make a decent lineup because there's there's good cheap guys there. Uh, in the mid range, Bob Woods, 6,900. Kenny G, 6,600. Brandon Cook, 6,500. Jones, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think I think Woods is my favorite. Um, I think to me, he has like the safest everything, like floor, like best ceiling and best medium projection. So I'm um, I'm just uh, I'm gonna go uh, pretty full in on good old Bob there. But I, I like all three. Like I, I think you can make an argument for all three, but I think Woods is like pretty clearly my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Woods definitely gets the edge on the Rams guys for me. Uh, I do think you could make a case for Kenny Galladay over Robert Woods. Like if you think that the Rams maybe coast down the stretch, which I think is a very reasonable uh, thing to expect. Like it's possible that Woods would have to do the majority of his damage in the first half. Um, you know, I'm taking a little page out of the Amico school right there. You know, a little speculation. It's fine when he does it, Amico. You you just can't do it. <laughs> well, to be fair, I speculate a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> can um, I throw my man Doug Baldwin into this tier? No, sure, if you want. Awful. Love Doug Baldwin. Awful. Is that it? That's the that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the team. <laughs> he has like five injuries right now. Did he have them last week? <laughs> He's been really good since he started playing again. Like, actually playing. That's, like, his first good game. And, like, no, he's, he's he relying really completely on touchdowns. So, I'll fade the shit out of that all day long. So, basically, what he's been doing his entire career. Right. Except for, like, the whole entire first half of the year. Right. Listen, Got Jones, it. I'm gonna, I want to introduce you to Russell Wilson. All he does is throw touchdowns. <laughs> all right. I will, I will take Cook, Scaladay, and Woods all over Baldwin this week. Well, I mean, sure, if you're going to add him up, I mean, that's, you know, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> Here's all you need to know about Doug Baldwin. They were interviewing him after the game, and they were like, How'd you, how did you come up with that play, you know, to seal the game? And he was just like, I'm a savage. That's what savage <laughs> That's so cute. I want to be Doug Baldwin when I grow up. That's all I needed. That's all I need to know. He's a I, savage. I'm I can't wait him. for Tyler Lockett to dunk on him and score more points. Tyler Lockett's good, too. I'm fine with either of those if, guys if you want to stack them up with Russ. If only they'd just throw the ball like 70% of the time instead of being just the most inefficient offense of all time. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, obviously Woods, I think, is the most optimal play. But I agree, Galladay's usage is just so intense. He has the highest weighted opportunity rating since week 11. Uh, you know, first game without Marvin Jones in the lineup. So... Lots to love with Kenny G. The Packers really are the best matchup he's seen. Like, it's just been murderer's row for Galladay for the last, like, two months. Uh, Minnesota, Buffalo, Arizona, the Rams, Chicago, Carolina, Chicago. Like, just a brutal, brutal stretch. So, I think uh, I think the boy's about to eat. Let's talk Robbie Anderson. Really crushed last week. Obviously, the connection with Darnold is uh, established at this point. Are you going right back to the well with the price bump to 5,600? Lamarca, we'll start with you. This is your boy. I mean, the matchup scares me more than the price bump. Like, if you just look at his target volume, like, you would not blink at 5,600. Like, that's not scary at all. 
for a guy that's, you know, double digit targets every week, basically. So I, I'm not so much worried about that. I'm more worried about the matchup against New England, who has some pretty good cornerbacks. Um, I think he's a fine cash play, but, you know, considering his ownership, I think you can also very easily fade him for tournaments. Any uh, any shot you're going back to, to Anderson Jones? Um, well, I said that last week and didn't play him, and it was a really, really great move. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm probably just going to have to play him this week. So I'm imagining that he's going to end up with, like, two catches on four targets for, like, 13 yards since I'm going to play him this week. Well, if you think defenses matter, then you have to worry about that thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm torn actually, cause I think Anderson is a, a really good player and obviously the volume is there, but we just know that this is like, this is the spot where Belichick's like, well, pretty positive. All we have to do is stop Robbie Anderson and we're going to win the game by six sessions. Like, yeah. What, what was he last week? Like 4,500? 45. Yeah. He, yeah. So I feel like, I don't know. I know that it, it is a, it is a difference. Obviously like it's 1100 bucks, but. I just feel like 4,500, you're like, he could probably just like make that work with one play. Like 5,600, he needs to probably be more involved. And I know he's seen what, 30, 31 targets the past three weeks. So like it, it, you know, he is being, he has been involved, but I don't know, man. It's just, it's tough. I don't know. I'm, I don't feel confident clicking on him right now, which says a lot considering his volume. Yeah. That's the slate in a nutshell, I'd say. Don't feel confident clicking on a lot of people, I feel like, this week. Um, but is there any other receiver you guys want to talk about? I, I kind of hate this position this week. So when I was coming up with the outline, that there wasn't a lot that I wanted to say. But uh, certainly if there's anyone else you guys want to rip on, the floor is yours. Lamarca, you want to go? or uh, Maybe Kendrick Bourne. You know, like San Francisco. Yeah, could be down. If you want to go cheap at receiver, I think that's going to be pretty contrarian this week. You know, I think most people are going to go for like a pay up at receiver type of build. So I think Bourne could be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, on the, on the whole, like this is not a position that I'm in love with this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Calvin Ridley could make some sense. I still like Robert Foster. He's still seeing a lot of targets. I know he didn't have. Uh, you know, like a spike game last week, but I think that could, uh, lower his ownership a little bit. And I just up. kind of, yeah. And I just kind of feel like, like Mike Evans should probably be like in some lineups as well. Yes. I like that call. Thank you. <laughs> See, we can be nice to each other too. Uh, <laughs> really like Chris Godwin at 4,300. Deshaun Jackson still hasn't practiced. It sounds like there's a pretty good chance he won't play. Uh, and pretty much any time Jackson doesn't play, Godwin has seen like really big volume. Hasn't really been able to hook up with Jameis as as you'd probably like, but I think that you got to just take the targets in the air yards. And the matchup is obviously very good, also. So I think lots of reasons yeah. to like uh, Godwin. So and if uh, if Allen Robinson does end up not playing, Taylor Gabriel is obviously a very nice ball. He's been pretty yes. good, honestly, already. And I think that if you just took Robinson's target share out and gave some portion of that to Gabriel, he would become a very, very good player. And obviously very reasonably priced, 4200 Agreed. Let's go to tight end, where finally it's completely loaded. Uh, Kelsey, 7200 Ertz, 6700 Kittle, 6300 
He, by the way, is chasing the single-season receiving record at tight end. Who's your favorite play here? Uh, Lamarca, I feel like you are the tight end the tight end guy on the show. So I like a nice tight end. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, last week was just too easy with Zach Ertz. Like, 5,900 for him was just a smash. This week, he's a little tougher. Um, I do think that Travis Kelsey is probably my favorite play at the position. Um, just given the matchup, like, He's crushed all season in Oakland Sox. Um, that said, like, I am very much buying the George Kittle narrative. Oh, yeah. Like, if you listen oh, this to this narrative, he looks like. I just said I like the Devontae <laughs> Adams narrative. This is the same one. Jones is <laughs> trying listen, to troll you all show. <laughs> he could try. Beat me in the three, man. He, uh, I think I'm ahead of you still, no? Not since the All Star break. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, like, there's an audio clip of him telling Kittle, like, I'm sorry I didn't get you the single game record in that game where he just peed on the Broncos in the first half. Yeah, that was awesome. So I think that there's a legit chance that they force feed him here. So I, I like Kittle as well. Kittle and Kelsey can't go wrong with Ertz, but I just think that his ownership will probably be a little higher coming off of a monster game. And, uh, you know, Washington's pretty good defensively. So Jones, your take? Yeah, no, I'm I'm fully in on Kittle. I think that I'll have Kelsey when I'm stacking and I'll probably not have a ton of Ertz. Um, but Kittle, I'm going to find a way to, to get in a lot of lineups this week. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, fading either of those two guys just scares the shit out of me this week. Like, <laughs> I could completely see either of those guys just crushing. Like, I could see myself fading Kelsey and then at you know, I don't know. At the end of the day, being like, man, I should have played Kittle. He went nuts and like vice versa. So, um, any consideration you'd give to playing both? Maybe playing one in the tight end spot and one in the flex? It's a little expensive for me this week. Um, like if Travis Kelsey was listed as a receiver at 7,200, like I don't know how I'd feel about that. You know what I'm saying? Like normally when I, when I want to employ that strategy, it's when I feel like there's not a lot of value at the other positions. And I just don't think that's the case this week. Like in a vacuum, you probably still don't want to play two tight ends very often. Jones? Yeah. I think, I think if you, uh, if you, you are really on Ertz, I think I could see playing Ertz and Kittle more than. Kelsey and Kittle. Okay. Uh, just curious. Now, if you're going off the beaten path here, the Rams went to a lot more 12 personnel last week. Gerald Everett got six targets. He's actually hit that mark in three straight games, and he's still 2,800. Uh, meanwhile, Chris Herndon, Lamarca, your boy, coming off a 20-point game at 3,400. Uh, Jones, any interest in either of the cheaper tight ends, be it in cash or tournaments? <sighs> Um, yeah, I think, I think you could, uh, pretty easily tell yourself a story to get Everett into some lineups. I think as a stack with Goff, I think you could do a lot, um, with the two of them. If you, if you feel confident about, you know, them going the distance and playing the whole game, I, I don't know, man. Like it, it's all, the rest of it is all pretty gross to me. Like I don't really have much of an interest in paying down. Like I think the running backs afford us to mix and match these expensive tight ends this week. Lamarca, paying down at all? Any thoughts? I have a little more interest than uh, Jones does. Like I do think for the most part you want one of the expensive guys, but 
you know I'm in on Everett. Like I talked about him last week. So, you know, another week with six targets. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not fading him now after that. Uh, and I want to go out on record and say that Christopher Herndon is the most talented tight end that the Jets have ever had. Wow. He's, he's good. He's a legit. you on that list? I don't know, like Anthony Becht. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to get that he, on record also. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Dustin Keller. He was good for a couple of years. Run through your top 10 real quick. Oh. We got some time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you buy the narrative that like, oh, Bill Belichick is going to take away Robbie Anderson because he's the Jets top option, then that could leave a lot of work for Herman. So I think you can, you know, definitely like play him at 3,400 as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I love a game stack of that Rams-Niners game where you play Bob Woods, you play Everett, and you run it back with Kittle. Uh, I think that that's a really good move this week. That's one of my favorite stacks. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm thinking about using Everett. I, like you said, Matt, I think in cash, like the ceiling of the top guys is too much to pass up on. But uh, I think it's worth getting a little froggy this week in tournaments. Anyone else in your tight end player pool, guys? I mean, for me, this is the pool. Like, I'm not playing anybody else. Uh, but if you are, uh, Lamarca, let us know. And if not, pass it to Jones, who I imagine is a no. Uh, maybe Austin Hooper, but pass. <laughs> Jones? No. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. <laughs> um, <laughs> defenses. I didn't even write anything about this in the outline because I'm sick of talking about fucking defense. Um, but with that said, Jones, who's your, uh, cheap tight end du jour, uh, cheap defense du jour? Um, let's see. There is one answer that I want you to say. There's one answer? There's one answer I want from you specifically. This is a lot of pressure now. Does it rhyme with the she, the shmi men? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't know. Maybe like, maybe I could go for some Green Bay. I wish we had sound effects on the show. I mean, that's a, a very reasonable play, but not who I thought you were going to say, or not who I wanted you to say. I wanted you to Why? say, who, I wanted you to say the to Giants play? as six-point home favorites at twenty-one hundred against the hated Dallas Cowboys against Cooper Rush of uh, preseason fame. The but, Giants but are sure, going to sure lose this game can, by thirty points. Stop! You're nuts. What? You're nuts. <clears throat> All right. I'll take I'll take the Giants plus thirty, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's to keep, that listen, If you make the sports betting championship or whatever, don't don't do things like that. <laughs> no, that's it, it, I'm all in on <laughs> against the Giants that week, even though they won't be playing anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no Packers I, are a good play too. I, they're big favorites as well against Matt Stafford, who we basically picked on every week on this show. So totally fair. Not good. Lamarca, any defense takes out of you this week? Um, yeah, I mean, Packers, Giants, Chiefs, I think if you're paying down, all very viable. Uh, I may pay up for Seattle. Like, I think that Josh Rosen going into Seattle is just a potential disaster waiting to happen. So, uh, on a week where, like, I don't think I'm going to be hurting for salary, I think I may find myself paying up the 3700 for Seattle defense. All right, over since, Oh, sorry, go ahead. O- over under 111 passing yards for Rosen. Under. <laughs> under. He's going to get hurt in like the second quarter. <laughs> I uh 
I mean, Seattle is like the ideal correlation play because with Chris Carson, right? Because like that is like very direct correlation, right? Like if they're winning, they run, and then when they're done running, they run again. (laughs) (laughs) So I I definitely like that. Um, I think paying up in general is going to be pretty contrarian. Like Chargers against Keenum, even Rams against Nikki Two Sticks, all viable plays. Uh, Obviously, I agree with with everyone that you guys mentioned. Let's get to the fun part of the show, which is right. when yeah, we yeah, build yeah. A, a Millie Maker team that wins all the money. Lamarca, this is our final Millie team, and I have decided that you will be going first. Seattle defense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not right. playing. Lock them in. He goes defense first. All right, Jones. The actual worst. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking $3,700 for a defense. I want to yeah, kill, baby. I want to kill myself. This Jones, is the just, worst. Play, just play Chris Carson now, Jones, because it's coming. No. No. I'm not wasting my pick. I, I know one of you is going to do it, so I'm not doing that. Let's uh, let's go. Let's throw Chubb in there. Chubb. All right. Well, guys are trying to spend all of my money. Um, I'm going to go Goff. All right. The Goffster. Back to LaMarca. Chris Carson. There we go. There we go. We should have just left that for the listeners and we could have filled out like the whole rest of the team. <laughs> nope. No. I want my takes to just be all Seattle this week. All right. Jones? I'm playing Doug Baldwin when it comes back to me again. It's not going to come I'm back not... to you again. <laughs> go ahead, Jones. I'm not contributing to this team then. Um, let's uh, let's do the, the stack that we said. Let's go Everett. Uh, I will obviously go Kittle Narrative Street. Yes. All right, so what does that leave us salary wise? Yeah, I'm going to tell you in a second. The old browser is uh, over six k for per spot for each of the wide receivers. Yeah, six k. We have eighteen point one for the three receiver spots. So. Oh, perfect. All right, then let's go Rob Woods, and we'll do a Goff Woods Everett Love. stack with Kittle running it back the other way. Yeah. This is literally my favorite stack. The only part of this lineup I don't love is Nick Chubb, but. Oh, you're he's crazy. Nick Chubb. Like he's good enough to pay it off. So that's it. So we got Goff, Chubb, Carson, Woods, Everett, Kittle, Seattle. I think this is a baller team. This guy spends thirty seven hundred dollars on a defense, and you're yelling at me for like one oh. of the most, like the best workload running backs on the slate. I'm not yelling. This is how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I mean, if you're going to pair it with... You'll be thanking me when Seattle scores twice this week on defense, Jonesy. Meaning nothing for Chris Carson. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to score four times. All right, well, that's the squad, listeners. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed that segment. And hopefully you'd like the show. This is is the last one. So uh, we will not be back next week. But we do, of course, ask that you rate, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes. If you follow here on Twitch, you can keep up with a bunch of my stuff that I'll be doing in the off season. There may be some appearances by these two clowns over the uh, over the off season. So if you like them, you can hang out for that too. Uh, and just keep supporting Rotoviz. Keep supporting the, you know all the pods. There's a lot of other ones that are going to keep going. Uh, laying the points, which you did last night, that literally never ends. So stick with us on that. <laughs> Yeah, and, seriously uh, though, like the all the like prospect stuff that they're already like putting out, like Hassan and Sean and Neil and all those guys have been putting out like prospects for every bowl game, and it's I'm not like huge into college football, and they're like legit 
like unbelievable reads. So make it's sure great. you're checking those out. I I completely agree. I could not be any higher on the Rotoviz draft coverage. Yeah. And it's already starting, so get get in there. Love it. And thanks to you guys for making this such a great show. Thanks to the chat, uh, getting a little love in the chat, so that's always good. And uh, that'll do it. So for the two mats, I'm Anthony Miko. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.